go after. I like your new mic, dude. I yeah. Like it. Does it sound good? And it does. It sounds great. It sounds better than the other one. Do I need to do like Jen and get right here? <laughs> you can do some ACMR later. Look at this dog. Like the saddest dog to ever be on a podcast. I mean, what's going on over here? What? Why are you so sad? Did you get into the CBD oil again? Is that Mark King I see on the screen? Yes, Harry. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are, how the hell are you, Mark? I'm, it's wonderful. I'm coming at you from beautiful downtown Cleveland. Awesome. Is that is that where the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is? That is, and also a little brewery called Great Lakes Brewing Company. Yeah, I've heard of it. I have indeed heard of it. And so this is, um, and by the way, uh, one of the things that we negligent on this podcast so far is basically everything. We're, we're doing everything wrong, but you're supposed to introduce your debt, your guests before you just launch into questions. I've been told, you know, I just assume everybody knows everybody. It's the beer industry. We all know everybody. We'll but apparently over. these young, these young kids don't maybe know who I'm talking to and you, you young adults entering the industry. This is Mark King. You're in for a treat. Um, <laughs> Because Mark, like me, has been around this industry for for too long, and it either kills you or it makes you stronger, and obviously it's made us stronger. So, Mark, um, thank you for being on. You're the CEO of Great Lakes Brewing Company. We've been, uh, you know, acquaintances and I would say friends, you know, uh, I don't know, 10 years at least. So tell me, you have a new innovation coming out. And I want to hear about this first. For sure. Um, you know, uh, I've been here at Great Lakes now. It'll be two years in, in October. Uh, when I moved up here, I moved up here from the great state of Texas, uh, where, of course, we forged a relationship, Harry. And, you know, when I came up here, I took a good look at Great Lakes Brewing Company, the history, the heritage of the business, right? Those are things you can't make up as a craft brewery. We've been around for 33 years. Uh, we're still owned by the original owners, Pat and Dan Conway, who created NESOP a couple years ago. But we also saw an opportunity for Great Lakes to get back into growth mode and to get into other uh, avenues and other lanes where we weren't competing previously. And, and one of those happens to be the better for you category. And we thought about a couple things to enter. And one, to nobody's surprise, would be the seltzer space. But I think the the tough thing for legacy regional craft breweries is how do you enter that space and not look like a me too and not look like a money grab? And how can you do that in, in a way that um, adds to that history heritage? And so coming from Texas and granted, it's a little bit different now, but you know, ranch water was just starting to become a thing. And I knew a couple of people down there that had got into that space and so last summer, um, of course, right as the pandemic was happening, uh, I went to our, our uh, lead innovation brewer, Steve Foreman, and I said, could you ferment some agave? I had spent a few years with Jim Beam and knowing agave is a sugar base and natural. Um, I said, is that something we could ferment and how would that taste? And, and he put it together. He did a lemon lime uh, or basically a lime uh, seltzer uh, made with lime puree that we use in one of our brands, Mexican lager. And, 
and, you know, fermented that with some organic agave and we put it on tap and we called it Cleveland ranch water. <laughs> so, people didn't know what the hell it was. In fact, you know, you're in the Midwest when some of the, yeah, what, what the hell is Cleveland ranch water? There's no, ranch ranch water. Ranches, There's no in ranches in Cleveland. There are ranch houses in Cleveland. Right. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of, yeah. Ranch you know, houses. You're in the Midwest exactly. though. We had customers ask if it tasted like ranch dressing. <laughs> oh man. And, and then, then the ranch of blue cheese comes yeah. up. Is it better to have ranch or blue cheese? You know, you see these Midwesterners argue about this for days on end. And I'm like, Absolutely. guys, Absolutely. you can have both. You can have both. They're it's not going to change hard. No, but we did that last summer and it was a big hit. It was one of our top sellers on tap. And um, that gave us a bit of confidence that we could get into the space. And we we went into it um, just trying to say, how can we be different, but a little crafty? And how can this help add a halo effect to Great Lakes Brewing Company? And uh, we developed a brand called Agave Twist which will be in production here uh, in September. We plan to launch just Northern Ohio uh, in the first week of October with agave twist and four flavors, a, a black cherry, uh, a lemon lime, a pineapple, and a blackberry. So we're very excited about those flavors. They're very simple. Um, you know, I what I told my brewery- Who's your flavor, distributor- Who's your distributor in Northern Ohio? Is it Heidelberg or? Yeah, we've got um, the greater Cleveland area, basically Cuyahoga County is covered by Superior Beverage and Heidelberg has us in Lorain County, which will also be um, launching initially. We would have gone wider, but the whole can dilemma has been a little challenging. So, you know, we had to stay within our can allocation. We've done that. But we think we're going to have a lot of support by some great wholesaler partners up here. It will be successful because we are obviously not only the biggest craft brewer in Ohio, but we're also uh, the the second largest supplier to our wholesaler superior in Cleveland. So we know we're going to get great support from those guys and uh, and hopefully create a lot of demand. And hopefully this can thing, knock on wood, kind of freeze up here over the next few months. We'll be able to hit full steam in the spring. Mark, Jordan Driggers here. Um, hey, Jordan. Yeah, good to see you again. Yeah, you bet. I was wondering, uh, are y'all the first ranch water up there in Ohio? I know being first to market is really important with that brand because everyone can call themselves ranch water. Yeah, it's it's a great question. That's a great dilemma among producers is what does really make, what does make it a ranch water? And a lot of people are struggling with that. We believe the agave, the, the real agave that we're using allows us to use that to leverage the brand. But I believe we are probably the first ranch water and it's it's probably pretty good timing. There's some pretty big, powerful companies that are getting into the space that'll help validate that category. So I think our timing is pretty good, but it was actually our wholesalers that made the big push to get the brand out this fall, as opposed to waiting for spring, Jordan, because they said, look, first to market is still very meaningful. Great Lakes has a lot of leverage as we're not only the biggest, but we're the fastest growing craft brewer in Ohio now. And so we're on a roll. And so we think we're going to get a fair shot at establishing the brand this fall. Sweet. Well, also, 
um, is this sort of a one uh, one brand or is this a family that you plan to kind of build off of in the better for you space? That's a great question. We think the name is really versatile, really attractive. We're going to send you guys some artwork a little later on today because I want to bribe Harry to get me the brew pick uh, in, in Beer Business Daily. But um, we think the brand has a lot of legs, agave twist. It's fun. And I'll see when you guys see the branding, we've actually taken our Great Lakes medallion logo. And instead of being black, we've made it white. So that blends in with the refreshment factor for agave twist. Um, Four flavors originally, but we think the name is very versatile and will allow us to get into some other flavors um, once we get the product established. And initially, it's just going to be a variety pack. Uh, to nobody's surprise, 12-pack package with four uh, simple key flavors to get the brand established. Where are you going to price it relative to other similar brands? We uh, Thankfully, some of these guys uh, in Ohio have uh, some of the power players in the category have, have maintained a pretty decent price point in this state. So our aim is to match the big guys and take any uh, – sort of objection away from that buyer. You know, we want to establish the brand, get to the floor. And we decided if we're going to do it, we got to go big. And and we wanted to really leverage the power that we have as, as the state's biggest craft brewer. We think we can do that and compete in Ohio. We'll have to take a good peek at other markets. If, uh, if Meyer in Michigan or Kroger in South Ohio or other chains are really interested, we get off to a really good start. Then we can consider some other strategies, but we kind of took a look at a similar brewery in the Midwest, um, being Boulevard, who's had great success with their launch of Quirk. We think there's a lot of similarities in between Cleveland and Kansas City, 30 plus year old breweries, quality brand with real ingredients, and you can really, you know, make a statement in your home market. You know, it's um, another product we launched in the Better For You space earlier this year is a is a locale citrus wheat. So when other craft breweries were going down the um, light IPA lane, we thought there was just too many brands fighting for too little volume there and decided that we could go toe to toe with the big brewers in our in the Midwest. And so we decided to kind of go right after Blue Moonlight Sky with the brand called Crushworthy Citrus Wheat, which has been terrific. Um, we actually outsell Light Sky in Cleveland two to one we're, we're doing about 70% of their volume in the state of Ohio and, and Crushworthy has become not only the number one craft uh, locale option in Ohio, it's number two in the entire Midwest behind Bell's Lighthearted. And as you know, Bell's is a monster up here in the Midwest. So um, sure. we think those are two and, and great what a, brands. What a great that. name, man. Yeah. I mean, that is such a right, Jordan. Isn't that a great name for a, for a light wheat beer? <laughs> I mean, that just... Crush the name itself, I want to. Yeah. I, the name itself, I want to crush them. I want to crush <laughs> about five of them right now, even though it's Harry only. Jordan, you know, we'll send you guys a link to some of our the marketing that we've done locally for Crushworthy. It's it's really phenomenal. Our marketing team has done a great job to bring that brand to life. So we're actually getting a really nice piece of the better for you business in in our home market, which is nice. Harry and I are looking forward to that. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll send you some down. Okay, Mark, and then we, I, we don't. You don't have to. You don't have to bribe us for the brew pick, all right? It's it's 
whether you said product or not, we'll we'll probably put it in. But if you All said right. product, it might you know it might help your chance. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't want. We've, we've know, done a, as publishers, we have a fine line of what we can accept. Our marketing team would be proud to have the brew pick. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. This dog is head of our uh, ethics committee. So uh, as you can see, she's sound asleep and doesn't hear any of this. So, you know, feel free. So, <laughs> so Mark, aside from Great Lakes, you have, you have a, a prolific career in that you've been involved in, you, you were with Gambrinus of all, which is trial by fire, as, as everybody knows. I'm not speaking out of turn. Carlos, you know, if he's listening to this, he knows he's a, he's a hard ass to work for. And, and, you know, and you've 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 been uh, you know Austin Eastsiders, and so how is your progression, and what have you learned from these different places? You know, Harry, I've I've been in the business since 1982. Started loading beer trucks in Milwaukee, and uh, I've been on the supply side since 1987. And I've worked for some great people and some great companies. And let's just say I've also worked for some not great people and not great companies, and so, but I think, you know, what I tell the folks that I always kind of try to mentor in the business is I've had a lot of bosses in my career. Some were good and some were bad. And you know what I did? Everything they told me to do. <laughs> so, so I've learned a little bit from everybody. I've been very fortunate to get some real great guidance from people. Um, but, but I will say that, you know, um, Making that move when I founded Eastsiders, for instance, in uh, 2012 is when that concept um, I started working on. Um, you know that uh, maybe it was a midlife crisis, or maybe it was just my entrepreneurial spirit. But um, you know, I took a look at the cider business, which at the time, you know, was less than a half share of the beer business. But there was a lot of noise in cider. Um, Heineken was buying Strongbow. Miller bought Crispin was creating Smith and Forge. Jim Cook started Angry Orchard, was just starting Angry Orchard up at the time. So there was a lot of smart people getting into the cider world. And I looked at parallels between cider and craft beer and said, you know, you got Ace on the West Coast, you got Woodchuck on the East Coast at the time, and there's nobody of scale in the middle of the U.S. or the South of the U.S. And that's when it, it dawned on me that if we had a cool brand if we could look good, taste good, be priced right, we'd have a shot because, you know, in Texas, there's, you know, 30 million people and they love things from Texas. So I thought we had a shot if everything could come together. And of course, the pushback initially was, you're crazy. They don't grow apples in Texas, right? But I told our wholesaler partners I was trying to woo at the time that, you know, they don't grow hops in St. Louis, but they sure make a lot of beer there too. So that was kind of of the struggle to get that brand going. And, and one of the, you know, I think most satisfying moments of, you know, my professional career was when that brand really started to take off. We got to over 20 employees, you know, now it's up over a hundred and everybody has health insurance and 401k and really proud moment. And if you took a look at Austin Eastsiders today, and I do remain on the board of directors there, um, if they were a craft brewery and technically they're a, they're a winery because they're made out of fruit, they would be the fourth largest craft brewery, independent craft brewery in the state of Texas right now. So really that's not bad, man. There. Yeah. I mean, I, I see that I, I was in Austin, like, I don't know, two weeks ago and 
their taps are still everywhere. I mean, I know cider's not a big deal anymore, but they still have hung in there, it seems like. You still have hung in there. Yeah, they have, and they've done some great brand work down there. Uh, You know, it's funny, if you think back in around 2015 or so, 2014-15, there was this thing called Not Your Father's Root Beer, which became a real uh, fight for the cider business. And Henry's, Henry's came into Henry's hard soda and all these hard sodas came in best and soda. Delicious, delicious. Good for for you. Good for you. Only, you know, 300 calories a bottle. I I wish those days would come back. And where is the four four loco with caffeine? I mean, I've been denied a lot of things lately that I love, you know, (laughs) or, or B to the E. God, I forgot about that one. Yeah. Jordan, B to the E. Do you remember that? That was Budweiser uh-huh. to the exponent. And what it meant <laughs> was it was it was Budweiser with caffeine. Or I, did it have caffeine? I can't remember. It well, had something in it. Harry, something, one of our one of our mutual good friends, Scotty Heckel at HDC. I was talking to him one day and he said, you know, those bastards that perhaps can't get me the 10 truckloads of not your father's root beer I need. And I think it was a month later, he said, Does, do you know anybody that needs 10 truckloads? Not <laughs> <laughs> so, well, so. It, it, God, it, it did flame out fast. It was amazing. It was, it was all everybody's talking about. And then all of a sudden, the reason all of my employees, I, associates, let's just say associates, whenever they say, you're such an asshole, Harry, and they say it quite often, I blame it on Scotty Heckle because, you know, he was my boss for seven years, you know, and you, you learn to treat your employees, how you were treated. And so my poor Scotty has ruined an entire generation of writers over here. So I'm, I'm learning to be a better boss. I'm still at this point, the lessons lessons we learned. And by the way, anybody listening, I know where there's some, not your father's root beer. If you need it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right. It may or may not be in West Houston. Well, and it's probably still good. <laughs> I mean, it's the deliciousness never goes away. Right, Jordan? That's right. And thanks a bunch, Scotty. Um, <laughs> but uh, hey, Mark, you know, I can't uh, I can't let you go without asking about cans and, you know, what type of impact that has had on Great Lakes. I mean, because Heading into 2020, y'all are 100% bottles, right? Well, Jordan, I'm, I'm really glad you asked because, of course, seeing the can business explode these days is nerve-wracking because of the can allocations that are going on. But it's a great question. We knew that the way forward was going to be in cans, right? Um, if, if you look at um, craft beer in Ohio, for instance, from 2015 to 2019, grew 70%, right? Very healthy craft business. But you had people that were started going like Brewdog got in and uh, Rheingeist really started to get a hold and sell a lot of beer. Fatheads did some things. There was some Columbus Brewing Company came back to life. And those guys were all in cans. Great Lakes over that time didn't grow, but we didn't fall off a cliff either. We lost about 4% a year, but we were selling lagers and bottles. And in fact, our most widely distributed products uh, a reporter and an amber lager, and together those entire categories are less than 3% of the craft business. So we knew we had to get into cans. 
um, and, and spend a lot of CapEx in a pandemic year, which was really tough to swallow because all that was planned prior to pandemic. But we knew it was the right thing for the health of the company. But we took a look at the business and what it meant. We still, our wholesalers made a lot of money on our bottle business. Our retailers made a lot of money on the bottle business, but we knew we had to get into cans. And, and a bit, I don't know if you guys have been to the brewery before, but we are completely landlocked in Ohio City here in downtown Cleveland. So we actually had to build our own warehouse about 20 miles out of town and our canning line is 20 miles out of town. And so we have to go the extra effort to fill tanker trucks and send them down to our canning facility. But it's worth it. Um, you know, we'd hoped to be in cans last summer, but due to the pandemic and not being able to get parts, our canning line was not operational until mid-October. So we haven't even been in cans in full uh, force for a year now. So this is our first full summer with cans. And so it has certainly helped. But what I think is even more impressive of what we've been able to do this year is we took a look at five key initiatives for this year. One is we have to stabilize the legacy brands that were mainly in bottles because they generate a lot of cash. They've been on a big slide for years. We've done that. Uh, those brands are collectively flat this year, even though mainly in bottles. Uh, we knew we had to really focus our efforts in the off-premise, right? So we did a packaging refresh to bring the brands to life uh, quite a bit. They used to be all black. Now they're all kind of colorful and fun. Um, we had to compete in the IPA portfolio. You know, we were the eighth largest IPA craft brewer in Ohio last year. This year, we're flirting with the number one spot already. So really proud about that, because as you know, almost half of every craft beer is an IPA. And we were we had one brand uh, prior to just a couple of years ago that was an English IPA, which is a very small category. So, you know, I think that our big launch of our Tropicoastal IPA is happening right now. We think we're going to take over that number one spot um, in, in our home state by the end of the year. And cans have been key to that. Um, we also wanted to comp compete in the better for you category, right? With Agave Twist and Crushworthy that we talked about. And the really odd thing with Great Lakes, and you guys will laugh about this, but their small, our smallest quarter of the year is the second quarter. Because we have monster season, really? Conway's Irish Ale in Q1, Oktoberfest in Q3, Christmas Ale in Q4, which is a beast. But we didn't sell a whole lot of beer in May, June, and July. So we had to fix that. And obviously, that's with cans. And so we created some really neat, refreshing brands, Mexican Lager with Lime, um, a Lemon Hefeweizen, and Crushworthy, all in cans, and we had a terrific second quarter. In fact, our biggest second quarter in the history of the company due to great brands, refreshing brands in cans. And it was the first time ever in Ohio in recent memory that Great Lakes outsold Line and Kugel over the 4th of July weekend, which of course is their big push. They sell, they're a monster. They sell a lot of beer in Ohio. It's the first time Great Lakes as a brewery beat them in the biggest week of the year. So if we can figure out how to continue winning in summer with cans, we're going to have a great, great long run ahead of us with Great Lakes. I mean, it, it's almost like it, it's a benefit now that you didn't get into cans before now, because now you kind of have some run room in, yeah. in, a, in a part of the year and a segment that you haven't really participated in 
that everybody else has already participated in. And you're, so, right. and so, wow. I mean, good. I mean, that's a, and, and that's what's a revelation there, Mary, is if we're able to stabilize those brands that have been around for 30 years and grow new brands into cans, we're really not taking share away from ourselves, which is what we had done in some years past to that point. And if you, What's really amazing, if you look at the last 13-week data in IRI, Great Lakes has jumped from the number 24 spot to the number 16 spot. So we've jumped eight spots in, um, in, in food, IRI data, which is, as you know, you move two notches, you're doing good. We're the only one of the top 25 that is up, and we're up 25%. Most of the others in that top 25 are down double digits. So we've really flipped the script and again, we're, we're competing in better for you. We're competing in IPAs. Um, those are two things that we didn't have any dog in the hunt in those categories before. If we're able to stabilize the rest of that business and continue to grow in these growth uh, lanes, we're going to be great. And uh, the only thing holding us back is cans. And, you know, 2022 started last month and it's very difficult to project because we don't know if we can get the cans to hit the numbers we think we can achieve. So it's a real quandary. It's a veritable. Apparently quandary. everybody's, uh, everybody's buying them from Asia. Yeah. I, I, you know, the, I get why we have shipping empty cans from, you know, Korea to here to fill up. I mean, it's just crazy, but you know, cans are light when they're empty. Yeah. Um, and they're valuable. Uh, I, what is the name of uh, of your cat that keeps walking around behind you? Obviously, yeah. very passive aggressively walking around. Like the cat's like, I know you're on a call. I know this is important, but I'm going to make myself known. I mean, just constantly walking back and forth like a parade behind that's, you. Uh, it's unbelievable. That's, that's Mr. Cat. And Fuzzball also is around here somewhere, but they, I won them in the divorce, Harry. She got the Cadillac. <laughs> I got the cats. So. <laughs> Listen, it's uh, we're in sad accord. Jordan, you got any final thoughts for our friend? No, I think that's all I got, Mark. I wanted awesome to guys. talk about cans and the, the new innovation. And Well, if you guys are going to be around, we're going to head down um, to Austin uh, third week in September, probably. So uh, I'll pop in and, and bring you guys some, some additional samples. Sweet. Well, that's great. Jen, uh, Jen lives in Austin, so she'll probably be around. And uh, awesome. uh, yeah, we do have a lot of travel in September, but we're not, you know, still kind of in flux. But uh, you. thank you, Mark, uh, for being here and congratulations on success at Great Lakes. It looks like it's going well. What a great, uh, what a great Midwestern brewery and what a great success story. You know, I've, I've followed them for a long, since the beginning, uh, but since I'm not up there, I don't get to see it. You know, I don't, you know how, when you're here, you see that shiners everywhere, you, you know, you, you kind of get a sense of what the market is. And I've just never lived up there. Um, that's not to say that I won't. Uh, Harry Jordan, there's an open invitation. I just wouldn't recommend February. <laughs> uh, I know. I like, uh, <laughs> I like the snow. All right, Mark. Well, thank you so much. And uh, it's good seeing you again. And appreciate you being here, pal. And thanks for uh, the time, guys. See ya. You bet. Take care. Right. See ya. Bye bye.